Melissa Han. She is a single mom with three kids. She is from Columbus, Ohio, and originally from Colorado. Now she currently works as pro- in the property management, and uh, you can say that she's one of the the landlords that uh, keeps annoying you to pay the rent. And she, I, and, and she, she does a lot of reading and writing, and loves the outdoors. So uh, Melissa, I I want to get a deeper uh, grasp of how, what you believe. And so, um, do you affiliate yourself with any uh, belief system? Right now, I want to find something to believe in, but I can't believe in anything. It just isn't happening. Like I want, like I'm like looking for things, but nothing, you know, nothing like proves itself. Even no matter how much I try to like seek it out and investigate further and you know it just doesn't okay okay so uh, it seems to me that y- you're either in uh, more of a, a atheistic or agnostic right yeah i want to but like i'm open-minded like i want something to believe in like i want to believe in supernatural things and i want to believe in spiritual things but i just have no reason to <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, um, how would you uh, p- put it? Like, um, what would convince you f- to to uh, believe in something? It's a good question. See, I've had ex- I've had experiences where um, most people would probably be convinced of um, immaterial, you know dimensions I guess um, but I still am not convinced <laughs> because I feel like you can you can um, explain away anything with science I really do okay so um, but uh, I think that there are a lot of things that science can explain you know for example um, our f- free will or maybe that uh, we subscribe to something we call love or uh, truth, and th- just this, the fact that we would want to say the truth all the time, uh, it's something more of a what we call morality, right? So science can science and morality don't uh, co-op, never cooperate well. So. Uh, so I want to ask you then, if you don't believe in anything, I would actually say, in my opinion, that you currently have some temporary belief systems that you might not be aware about, right? So I would like to ask you, um, okay, so what, what, what do you think is good or evil? What what dictates good or evil to your in your life? I believe that there is just so much gray. Um, like you can't just say that a person is bad or that a thing is bad. Um, there are definite, definitely some bad things like like rape is bad. Um, <laughs> you know, like there's just there's some things that that are definitely bad, but not any one thing is one or the other, really. Typically. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so uh, so it means that you're saying that um, in many cases, good can be can also be evil, right? For example, in a scenario where a man uh, or a, a policeman needs uh, shoots a, 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 a let's say a, a criminal, right? So it's evil for him to kill him, but it's also right for him to protect innocent civilians. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so like even if... I, well, I think that intentions are are what that boils down to because if somebody makes a mistake but something bad comes of it or if um, somebody has bad intentions um, you know like it just what am I saying <laughs> um, do you mind like rephrasing that okay okay so um uh here here is I, how i would put it like um for example uh you you have uh, told me what you think is right and wrong so you think that most uh, mo- or most or all of it is very great are very gray areas and some are very very clear to be evil like rape and so uh that is actually a moral statement in and of itself Right, that because uh, that uh, this scenario or this act is both good and evil, in or gray, right? That's already a moral statement, and so you would have to find uh, something to uh, to base that on. So w- why do you think it's a gr- it's gray? Why do you think it's it's good? It's both good and evil in in many ways. Um, I guess it's because of the way that I was raised and where I grew up and my whole life path, everything that I've learned in my life. So what's good to me and what's bad to me might not be the same else. There are so many different different like shades of perspective that I think every human on this planet has, and there's no way that we can all... Um, see things the same way okay okay so um what you told me is that um your morality is based on social constructs what i mean by that is that what people have told you in your life or how the environment has formed your own morality or your experiences uh it's all social constructs and if if you have had uh, uh been born in other places or have had different experiences you would have had a very very different uh, uh, standard of morality today right perhaps perhaps but I do think that for the most part you know you meet anybody in the world and they all seem to know the difference between what's right and wrong Mm -hmm. you know so. Yeah, I I think so too. It might be an innate innate knowledge. Mm-hmm. But do you, do you think it's innate or inherent? I do. Okay, so uh, so you, I do, uh, except for in. Oh, sorry. Okay, uh, so um, what do you mean by except? What what's except for what? Well, it, it 
Okay, so in the cases of, like, sociopaths who just, I mean, uh, it's hard for me to fathom what, like, kind of objective that a, a sociopathic, like, serial killer would have. But they seem to not have those, uh, um, defined... But it like. could it could also be that uh uh yeah I get it um so stating the premise that um uh if psychopaths uh did have an innate um uh st- standard of morality but they they might just actually continue to disobey that so it's really irrelevant if they do have an in- inherent morality right so um this is my question though. So how 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 why do you think uh, it's inherent or innate in every person? Well, I just maybe I just want to believe that, um, but because I don't have any any concrete like evidence. That's not something anybody can have evidence for. But um, I I want to believe that humans are oh my gosh are naturally good. You know, but um, that the world and experiences often, um, you know, taint their um, goodness. You know, but then again, listen, I was I was born and raised um, a Mormon, so there are lots of things that were. Um, Said to me when I was a really, <laughs> really young person. So, um, I I'm fully aware that like there's a lot that I probably still keep in my mind from what I was, you know, from when I was a kid and what I learned back then. So even though I'm not one now and I I don't uh, agree with any <laughs> any organized religions really, as far as um, you know, following them the way that they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, then uh, it seems to me that um, you you uh, you strayed away from from being a Mormon, and that uh, religious experience or a childhood experience um, made you separate from almost all uh, spiritual forms of belief or systems of belief, right? Perhaps. Um, it definitely steered me away from all religion, all organized religion. As far as spirituality goes, um, I experienced more um, profound experiences spiritually after I left than while I was in that church. Um, but like I said before, even though I experienced that, I still, um, I still think that it's explainable with, you know, chemicals in my brain or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, I I would ask you this question then. Uh, can you tell us more about you being a a Mormon before and what made you? Um, leave it. Yeah, sure. Um, so, youngest of four daughters, um, my parents 
neither one were born Mormon. They both were like converted in, um, like so. Like my, my mom was converted when she was a really young child, but my dad, he found the Mormon faith or LDS or whatever um, when he was in his twenties, and they met at the church, and then. Um, anyhow, they, they got married, had four kids, and, um, I, I'm the youngest of, of all the four, and, um, I don't know, just within my, um, my daily life, I always felt sort of like an outsider, because not only was I'm Mormon, but I was also homeschooled, so I was an outsider even in the in my church that I went to. So, <laughs> like, while all the kids at that church like all went to the same school, I was just you know even an outsider there. So, um, I've always had that kind of perspective, like looking looking that way um, because of it. So, I. When I first decided that I didn't believe in any of the uh, teachings or any of the, you know, the things that they were trying to, like, not trying, but teaching kids at a very young age in that church, um, I was I was eight, and um, the bishop of the, uh, the ward that we were in um, asked me if I wanted to be baptized. And um, the thought occurred to me that I have a choice to be baptized. I don't actually have to. So <laughs> for me, it was like a light bulb went, went off. Like all this time I had thought that like if it's, if it's true, if this church is true, then why do I have to, wh why do I get to make a choice, you know? It's kind of a, a deep concept to try to explain, but um, from that point, I, you know, continued to, like, participate in everything like a, like a good kid, but um, <clears throat> couldn't wait for the day to leave. <laughs> couldn't wait, so... Um, in my high school years, yeah, um, and I, I do know that, like, having been raised, um, having been raised a Mormon and then, and then leaving, I know it's a, it's a really common thing with a lot of ex-Mormons, too, is that they can't find anything after that. It's like they're they're jaded, you know. They can't find anything else after that. So I I try not to keep that in my mind as while I search, but I'm still applying, you know, my skepticism to <laughs> to everything. So so it, it seems to me that um, 
you you uh, left the Mormon Church for I, I think very very personal reasons. I would uh, assume that that it 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 it, it didn't uh, seem to be uh, something that uh, ha- g- gave you spiritual. Uh, uh, religious experiences it was simply an organized institution where people uh presumed yeah yeah okay so um yes because i i always had a hard time like following following the herd you know like i could try to sit and explain to you example by example of like how you know how like certain things made me feel as I was like sitting there internalizing everything, just watching people like when they would go up to like what they call bear their testimony where they go up every every Sunday they have to like tell everyone why they know the church is true and if you don't go up there then you probably um, you're probably doubting <laughs> and if you're doubting, then you need, then you probably need some attention and you need some help. And it's just felt, you know, looking at it now, it just feels like a cult. <laughs> just be honest. Okay. Okay. Um. So um, uh, this is how I would uh, uh put it then. Um, you seem to uh be very very uh, good and critical minded. Uh, when it comes to um, looking at things and especially uh, in a way analyzing and criticizing uh, many belief systems that's why I think you you keep searching because uh, you're still looking for a set of answers that just hits right you know that yeah and so um I don't think that you really want to be an atheist or agnostic but you're just uh, a normal person trying to find the truth and if there is truth in these uh, in in a, in a religion, if there is one true religion, then I think you would be welcome to and open to find uh, to 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 to, oh, to accept it. You know, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So um, this is a uh, an an option that I would give you. How about I I try to uh, offer you a belief system, and you uh, ask me questions about it. Like, you you can be critical minded and ask me why, why you know, and why do that. Okay, so um, I would uh, I would tell you that um, I was born a, a Christian, you know, and so uh, I would say that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And uh, this is very interesting to say that what does Lord and Savior mean? Because in, in being a Mormon, I don't think that you, you really have a deep understanding of that because the, the Christian concepts are, are a little bit different, you know? Possibly. There are some differences, even though, you know, the LDS, they say that they're Christians because they, they center their religion around Jesus but um, there's just you know they put the Book of Mormon above the Bible. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. So um, I would ask you this: that um, who do you what do you think Lord means? Um, what I was always taught was that it is just you know the um, person who oversees everything, 
or deity, not person, but okay. So um, I think it's very specific when you say Lord. You know, um, people back in the pa- in, in the back in the past also called uh, uh people lords, like in feudalism. You know, uh, you are a lord of this land. So uh, you're right. You're an overseer or a master. So it it, it uh, if you put it that way. If you uh, look at Jesus Christ as your Lord, that means that you are his servant. So there is a relationship that occurs there. That I accept myself as a servant and Jesus Christ is my Lord. Yeah, okay. So and the next concept, the next relationship there is Savior. So what do you think? Savior means a person, not person. <laughs> I keep saying person. Uh, this uh, deity that will save you from all of the sins that you um, haven't made yet, <laughs> or that you, or that you. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Yeah, it's no problem. Yeah, okay. So uh, you're right in a way. You know that. Um, uh, it's it's more of that the humanity uh, has uh, inherited this what you call original sin from Adam, you know, and so even children or every single human being who is descended from Adam has descended from this original sin because um, uh, the original sin. No, it, it's it's more of a disconnection than a an action, because uh, for example, uh, a- Adam in in the in the Garden of Eden, as you can see in Genesis, he was a a in a way a, a perfect human being that was completely uh, what God wanted him to be. Right? He was the he was d- designed as he is. But he was not broken. He was not fallen, and that is why I think that you 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 know that uh, there is a goodness or innate and inherent goodness in every human being. But the problem is that we're broken humans. We are fallen creation, and that is why there are. I just think that it's just. I honestly think that it's an innate characteristic of all life. I mean. Even animals have a respect for each other, I think. Yeah, but uh, d- when you mean respect, do you mean that when a lion eats a gazelle, he respects the gazelle in a way? He eats it because he has to, but it's only if they absolutely need to eat. I mean, it's it's for a purpose. It's because Maybe, that's the way it's... De- uh, well, yeah, I but it could be that... Designed. He, he could... <laughs> Yeah, but it could be that he just wanted to be to be full, you know, overindulgence. A lion can do that. So is there a respect in that? Well, because of the fact that um, the lion has to eat to survive and it doesn't have other things in the, in its consciousness that humans have, I don't blame the lion. Okay, so um, um, so it, uh, you're saying that uh, it's just that the lion has an incapacity to to do otherwise or to do to be better, 
So it's he's doing what he can to survive. Okay. So um but then uh wh- why do you so do you think that it's normal for lions to be that way or is it just because of evolution? What do you think? Um absolutely do think that it's normal. Well what other way would they be? What other way have all animals been <laughs> um on this planet for, you know, millennia? Well, um well, when we go back to Genesis, we could see that there was actually no death at all in creation. That we were all meant to live uh eternal lives. And that was the original plan, you know? That when you see that um Adam was meant to eat the tree of the fruit of the tree of life and but he was never able to do that and God stopped him or and Eve from eating it because they ate the tree of the fruit of the of the tr- the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so so it's really uh, clear in the Bible that uh, God's original in a way God's original plan was to allow humanity to live forever because that's what he wanted to do. You know, there, death is something that is actually not natural to us. That's why it's sad. And it's actually sad to see uh, uh, nature, you know, being like this, killing, uh, suffering. And and so in yeah, a way... And so they have to put a tremendous amount of guilt on on humans who didn't actually do anything wrong. They were just born. They didn't ask to be born. And yet somehow from the moment that we're born. Okay, then that's a really good point there. So um, this is how I would actually uh, say that. Um, because what I think is that uh, God looks at humanity not just as an individual but as a whole as well you know that in a way every human being is not separate at all because uh, in fact uh, I would say that you are your mother and your father's cells continuing to living live on only that you're a, a combination right so in a way that there is no break in the line of life right so uh, from adam to eve in a way adam is still and eve are still alive in all of us and that is why uh there is a, a connection and and in revelations god sees humanity as his bride and jesus as uh, the groom and in the end we would we would be in great uh in a in a way the, the church and will be married or be foreverly ha- be happy in forever so uh, it's it's really a good story and actually if you if you look at it it might feel like a science fiction you know but uh, well it could be in in your terms but it could actually also be the truth just because something is absurd doesn't mean it's it's not true, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, going back to uh, the Savior here, um, Jesus Christ 
would have to be your Lord and Savior. You have to, would you would have to identify him as that. But then uh, that there is the problem here that what do we have to be saved for, right? You're you're right that what did hum these unborn humans do to deserve such a punishment that they not they haven't even done yet. So uh, I would li- like to ask your opinion on that. Why do you think people say that? Based on what you're telling me, um, our very very first ancestors ate some ate some fruit off of a tree that they weren't supposed to. So that's why we're damned. <laughs> I mean, if we're speaking literally, which is the way that I, you know, that I see it, if if we're speaking literally, I'm trying to I'm trying to picture like what exactly that that was. What did that look like? You know, when they had the choice to either eat fruit from the tree of life or eat fruit from the tree of knowledge. How did that look? What was actually going on? You know, is this just are these just metaphors? If they are, then what are they? What are they metaphors of? I just want to know. And is it so wrong to just want to know? Because nobody has the answers. Yeah, exactly. But then, um, if you, I think that if you really want to pursue the pursue the truth, uh, in a way, you would actually. Um, uh, try to learn or try to fully understand what the message of uh, each uh, belief system or maybe Christians or Muslim or Eastern religions have that they might actually have something that you think is or you might think you might agree with, right? So um, when it comes to... Right, but all of those, sorry to cut you off, all of those religions require you to just take a leap of faith is what they call it. You have to have faith. So you have to put 100% trust in God and just just trust it. Just believe what we're telling you because it's for you. Okay? Well, in that case, if it's for me, then why are you requiring me to pay 10% of my income every month? <laughs> and tithing. Well, okay, but um, did but did you know that uh, tithings is voluntary? That you you could decide not to pay. Absolutely, yes, it is voluntary. Um, yes, it is. It is just so just the same way that like getting up every every more right, just the same way as like in in my the church that I grew up in. It's not mandatory for you to get up and bear your testimony every every Sunday. And it's not required for you to actually stay in the church. But, you know, if you leave, then you don't get certain privileges or you don't get I mean, not all not all religions are that way. And probably Christians are not not as uh they don't really shun people when they leave, whereas you know, like Amish and Mormon and Muslim, I'm sure they all they all do that. It's it's just that's the point where it gets frustrating. Organized religion turns into this um, 
exactly that, just an organized way to control people. That's how I feel. Yeah, I, I definitely don't deny that. There are uh, organized religions who do that, and it's, in a way, it's wrong, you know? But then, uh, just because... It, it's okay. But just because... Um, 99% of religions are in a way are flawed in your perspective doesn't mean that uh, the the 1% that could be the right religion for you or might be the most ethical religion for you could be there right we just i think you just have to find it yeah and so um um you could ask me questions you know and if you think that my stance is wrong feel free to uh say that yeah. Okay, so um, I wanted to uh to uh go back to the the topic of s saving or of faith, right? You mentioned why do we need to take a leap of faith? Well, this is really interesting because, uh, in my view, that would work in this way, because um, if if God gave you everything you needed to uh, to know in order to believe in him, do you think that you actually uh, decided to follow him and love him because because you knew he was real or because you knew that he was God and he and and he actually could be someone you could love for eternally? Did you if you know for certain that he is real, would you love him because because you would just want to go to heaven, or that would you love him because he is God and he is perfect and he loves you and you love him? Um. So, are you asking me which reason I would choose? Yeah. Or I'm yeah. sorry. I'm yeah. Just... Uh, I was asking. Okay. Um, um uh which would be better knowing a hundred percent that God is real or believing or have having this uh buffer or, or I would say a test of faith to know that uh, you would actually have a relationship with him not because you just want to go to heaven but because you know who God really is um. I would just like to know. That's just that's all that I care about. But see, the the teaching also comes along with so much more because they say, you know, well if if you don't um accept salvation, then you have damnation. You know, if you don't accept that this is true, then you're going to hell. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, let us put it put it this way. You know that um, uh, God created human beings because, and the special thing about human beings is that we have free will, right? And uh, we are free to decide whether we would believe in God or in anything at all, and that makes us, in a way. Uh, having power over uh, reality itself, you know, that we we are able to determine our own paths, and 
the the, the Armenian view on that is that God simply allows us to decide for ourselves, and he and he and he lets us do that because he loves us, and that we are and we are free to become to be who we are, and so that would be my explanation to why uh, why there would be uh, hell and damnation. Because if you were given the free will to believe in him, then it was your decision and your accountability to to and uh, whatever fate that you would have chosen. So the randomization of you know a baby being born and then just dying right away, or um, you know, I'm gonna use the the argument if you know God is like if he loves us then why do so many people who don't deserve so much pain have to suffer and they're just born into it and they don't have any other way out they're not given any kind of like um, that like nobody comes to them and tries to like teach them anything about God and they die you know, like there's, there's like so many situations where I feel like it is a uh, in my face that it's just random. It can't, it can't just be all planned out if if this God is so loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what do you think uh, a loving God would do? Uh, would he, um just erase everything else uh everything else and just do it again uh is that do you think that that would be a, a better case you know to just oh uh adam just uh messed up and adam and eve messed up okay so i'm i'm just going to delete them and um uh makes make it make it again well didn't he try to do that with the flood apparently no, the the flood was uh, very different because um, Noah and his family were still humanity, and uh, a lot of people would actually say that the the flood was uh, simply a local flood and not the whole world. So, so the 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 local the local flood was more of a a preparation for for the future. I. Uh, I would say and so and that the Noah and his family um, took uh, took animals into the ark for their own survival right because God was so um, disgusted by the way that humans were and he felt like not felt like but God was disgusted he was absolutely done with the way that humans were being but there was only one guy and his family who were good enough to save to carry on humanity so that's why he wiped everyone out with a flood and I don't know whether or not it was local or not I really honestly don't even really believe the story but everybody theorizes about all of the Bible stories what they actually mean and whatnot so <laughs> if it's up for um, interpretation then okay <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But then um uh, this is what I would say. 
uh, for me, I actually believe that um, the Bible, uh, the Genesis, is more of a meta- metaphorical. Yeah, so uh, I, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it were, it was. And why is that? I think that's one of the most angering things about it. Is that why does it have to be so metaphorical? Why can't it just give you the the knowledge that you need to believe instead of making you say, okay, well, I don't know if this is true, but I'm just going to believe it anyway. Yeah, um, well, if you ask me, this is how I would answer that. I would say that um, the Bible was written by humans, but, but there, could, there could have been a, a divine inspiration for it, but it, it, it is a... It, the Old Testament is Juda Juda uh, Judaism, uh, the text of Judaism. So it was originally for uh, the cultural uh, and society of Jews, and so uh, the they develop they developed um, myths and stories that they would tell uh, uh, generations from maybe Abraham or before. And that's how they developed the story of Adam, Eve, and everything before Abraham. So I would say that when it comes to being meta- metaphorical, everything before Abraham would be metaphorical because they are verbal stories. So you'd, you'd have to uh, understand that as well. Yeah, but I, 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 I get your point that why is it so ambiguous? You know, why why can't he just... Uh, t- uh, just show up in the sky and say, "Well, look, I'm God. I'm real." Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. So, um, how I would answer that is, 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 is that he he still requires a faith, you know, that because, uh, th- this is the, the the I think that would be. M- mm-hmm. I just don't have time for it. I'm sorry, but like, like I said, just like, why can't we just why can't there just be something that gets just straight to the point? Like, this is it. There's all this, like, running around and, like, going around, beating around the bush. Oh, but this actually means that, and that actually means this. So, uh, so, so this Sorry, is what I'm... Sorry, I just have a busy yeah, life, so uh, I don't have time for that <laughs> Yeah, I, I, no problem. I get it. Yeah, but, um, so I... Uh, so this is how I would put it. You know, the, uh, let's just um, end this topic with a question that um, why why does God uh, require faith for his uh, to believe in him? You know, and it's a really really good question that even I actually struggle with. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I would also uh, ask you another question because uh, it's really uh, interesting to get to know you, Melissa. Um, uh, when it comes to American politics, where do you land? I don't have a label. I don't like labels, so I don't, I don't have, like, I mean, people like to label me based on what I tell them that I believe in or whatever, but that's fine. I could care less. Um, I just, I, I just think that if there is a way to um, just treat people right, then let's just do that. Why does there have to be so much, you know, mistreatment of people and then, um, you know, there's, 
so most people would just say I'm probably a liberal or something because I care about people. Yeah, but uh, do you think it's necessary though to control the riots and the looting? Um, yeah, because those business owners, they don't deserve that, you know. They don't deserve to have their, they have nothing to do with anything and yet their stuff is being destroyed and, you know, it's, it's not not cool. Yeah, so um, so do you so you think that uh, what the government is doing to control these riots is necessary to protect the business owners and con- and keep the peace? When you look at it, like the reason why people are looting is because of those police. It just is very contradictory, and there needs to be some other answer, I think, because it's just you know it's like a war. When it when it gets to that point, okay. So um, it's a war between who? Well, peaceful people who just want to stop being murdered, <laughs> and um, a trained force that uses uh, overkill for no. Um, for no reason other than just because they can. So that's the way that I see it. Um, I think it's just a systemic problem within the police force. They just need to, at least in America, they need to um, change a lot of a lot of the way that they um, get their training. I think it starts in the academy. They have to, oh no. I think they um they should be required to learn certain things and um, cut some things out of their training because if they're going to if they're going to go out onto the street and assume that everybody is guilty no matter what which is their mindset then they're not for us. They're just not. I do think that a lot of. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, no problem. Um. So. Um. I. I was very curious then. So. Uh, who are you gonna vote for then? In. In that case, because it seems that you see that it's necessary to protect and keep the peace, but it's also wrong to uh, do it in in a in a very uh, excessive way, right? Yeah, so um, I didn't vote for Trump, but that probably probably do that. <laughs> um, and I will not again. I not I will not vote for Trump um, if he runs. If he runs again, I think he is. I'm not even paying attention, honestly. Uh, who's the other candidate? Biden. It's Biden. I'm. I don't. I don't like his creepiness. I don't want him to be our president. He creeps me out. <laughs> and I I am fully aware of my um my reasoning for um choosing a political candidate. I know it's I'm I'm using my emotions to make a decision. I'm aware of that. And that's what everyone else in the country does as well. So, that's politics. I just personally do not agree with 
anything that Trump does or says, and I don't agree with anything that uh, that he's um, tweeted constantly. <laughs> I don't I don't even pay attention. Um, he's a very angering angering person. I think I actually uh, I was really upset when he was elected, and I tried. You know, I did my part when I voted for Biden, not Biden, Bernie, um, in the primaries. So, I just wish that uh, he could have actually been a candidate. So, I'm not going to vote. Okay. Long story short. I'm not going to vote. Okay, that's, um, that's, uh, that's, uh, I, then, uh, I would ask you this last question then because it's been a great conver- conversation with you and we're almost uh, oh, an hour now. Um, Melissa, being an individual who who is a very uh, critical thinker and uh, just keeps uh, searching for the truth, um, what do you think should an individual do to make a good difference or be, maybe change the world? to be a better place so what I've learned is that the best way to make an impact on others is to just if you're ever given the opportunity to show that like just to show that you care that you actually give a crap about other people do it on the most personal um, level so not meaning like with your family and friends, because of course we all do that, but if you're ever given the opportunity to give to a stranger or to show kindness to a stranger, do it, because it uh, you never know like what that person is going through. You never know what kind of like impact that will make on them for the rest of their life, if it will, but it doesn't hurt anything, you know? What what harm did you know being kind to a stranger ever do and that's an argument that for some reason it's a, it's actually an argument that people have that like if you're kind that it's not a good thing to do to just be kind i don't understand <laughs> so i just wish that the world did not have as many assholes in it so that's the end of it Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. Thank you.